0: Welcome back to The Book People, where I interview people whose lives and careers revolve around books. I'm your host, Aishwarya, and today we're going to explore publishing from the writer's perspective. It's always been my dream to get my own book published. And Meghna Pant has published everything, novels, short stories, non-fiction, since 2012. But two years ago, in 2019, she published her most iconic book, How to Get Published in India. And this has just become a guidebook for all writers in India with essays from huge authors like Meena Kandasamy and Shobha De, agents like Meeta Kapoor, reviewers like Vivek Dejooja and all other publishing experts. So I wanted to know about her experience as a writer and what really drove her to write this book. We discussed why writers even need these kind of resources in India, whether it's her book, Or it's our publishing industry research report or it's this podcast right why is this necessary for writers to understand how this industry works and how to get published by the way if you need help with pitching your book to publishers you can come to us at bound we can help with polishing your proposal or your query letter and if we really really love your manuscript we will take it to publishers ourselves but coming back to Meghna Her latest book, The Terrible, Horrible, Very Bad, Good News was actually written as a screenplay first and then converted into a book. So we're going to talk about that and why she retained her audio rights for her latest book. So let's tune in. So Hi Meghna, welcome to the book people. Hi Swarya, lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to have you because you've created this amazing guidebook on how to write, how to get published how to market a book you know like is this sort of three in one non fiction book that every writer i think needs to read at this point or what was um, your motivation like what really incentivized you to write this book uh,
1: so ashray you know i uh, i don't have any mentors in the industry i didn't know anybody from publishing uh, i just had a passion to write and It took me almost a year to figure out how to navigate the system because Indian publishing is so opaque, right? It's much better now than it used to be when I started out. Uh, So it took me so much time and effort to even understand something as simple as what is a query letter? You know, how do you approach a publisher? Mm. Are you supposed to show up at their office? Are you supposed to network with them at a lit lit fest? Uh, Are you simply Mm. supposed to email them? Does that work? So there were so many questions and doubts, you know, And as it is if you've never been published before, Uh, you doubt yourself as an artist nobody has read your work Uh, you're uncertain about things Uh, on top of that the crippling you know doubt of approaching the daunting task of approaching publishers uh, inundates a lot of writers and cripples them with fear Uh, Mm -hmm. so I was no different at that time I used to keep wishing that somebody had written a book like this so you know Amish Tripathi also wrote a blog for the book saying that I wish somebody had written a book like that when I had started out. So it's basically a simple, simply written guide for somebody who wants, you know, on how they can write a book, uh, how they can then publish a book, and then a very important part, how they can market their book. And it's also got essays uh, and tips from top writers like Jeffrey Archer, Twinkle Kanna, Shobha De, Ashwin Sanghi, Meena Kandasami, Namita Gokhale. Uh, And I've also got publishers like Penguin on board uh, to give tips, you know, simple things like how to navigate a contract. So it's supposed to be an all-encompassing book, uh, you know, where it doesn't leave you with any doubt. It it holds your hand from start to finish, and hopefully guides you to a flourishing literary career.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Because like I'm a writer myself, and I remember the first time I went to say like a Jaipur Literature Festival, right, or even like a literature festival in in Bombay, because that's where I'm from, and it can be so so nerve wracking. Even knowing what publishing houses are in the first place can be like a huge, huge challenge for writers. And that's something I have also come across right now, like with my work uh, at Bound as an editor, because, you know, that's sort of the first question that writers have when they're trying to write a book. They'll say, but how do I publish this? You know, how do I make this happen? So I definitely agree. It's a huge, like, it's something that's really important and something that doesn't exist. You have these essays by you know, all of these different amazing authors, like Jeffrey Archer Shobhadeh, you also have, you know, I saw that there are also essays by literary agents about, you know, how to uh, submit to a literary agent, what they are looking for. You have essays about sort of how to navigate a contract. So how did you decide which, like who to include in sort of that essay section? And how did you like reach out to those people and make that happen? Uh, you know so uh, as a writer
1: i'm obviously uh, kind of always following the career paths of other writers and every time i read a book there's there's certain books i read and i i'm like i wish i'd written that book so i just <laughs> picked up my literary gods and goddesses and i said um, these are the people's whose minds i want to pick like these are the people whose advice and tips i will take seriously so yeah. uh, you know for example uh, Meena Kandasamy is somebody I hugely respect. She's a contemporary writer and I think one of the best we have uh, of our generation. Um, you know, so I approach people like that. Uh, I also did a nice mix of commercial fiction writers like Dojoy Datta, right? He's a heartthrob. I remember I was at a literary uh, panel with him once in Lucknow. And I've never seen an author who is so popular that when he got off stage... There were women who were actually trying to take his, sh- you know, like taking off. <laughs> and, really? And trust me, authors are not celebrities, right? I'll I'll warn yeah, you Yeah, I'm very so, very
0: shocked by that.
1: I asked him <laughs> and he was kind enough to write a beautiful essay, a very intelligent essay on uh, w- whether writers can make enough money. So should you quit your full time job or not? So that I thought was a very smartly written essay, and uh, you're yeah. talking about agents, or literary agents. You know, I pick the top literary agents in the country, like. Uh, kanishka gupta uh, Meeta kapoor uh, sheena kambata and i asked them to just give different tips so uh, Meeta has actually written a very fun essay on uh, the funny uh, queries that she gets you know like yeah. uh, bad what bam, not uh, to do like, almost you know, right what not to do yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know things simple things like find out the gender of the editor that you're approaching you know like chikki sarkar of Juggernaut. i remember keeps saying that she keeps getting email queries saying mr sarkar So, you know, just things like that, you have to come across as very professional if you're approaching somebody, especially for the first time. So uh, I think I tell all aspiring writers, this: uh, that an editor is going to spend literally a minute looking at your query, uh, your email, your query letter. So if you don't impress them in that one minute of time and attention that you have of theirs, your career is not going to take off. So please, please be very professional when you're approaching agents or publishers.
0: Yeah. And I think there's, it's one thing is to not impress an editor or an agent, but the other thing is to like upset them, right? Or get yeah. them <laughs> off by, you know, misgendering them or saying something inappropriate, exactly. which I feel like can be far worse because then you're memorable, but not for the right reason. And right? just get the, get the
1: name, get the spelling of the name correct. I mean, it's such a simple thing to do. It takes literally like 10 seconds of your of your time and effort. So small yeah. things like that. yeah,
0: Yeah. No, and I, I was going through the book, you know, and you have put in so much detail. It's sort of so comprehensive because when I was looking at it as a writer, I was like, what, is there a question in here that, you know, hasn't been answered for me? And I couldn't find a single one because it's very, very, very detailed. And I love that you talk about, you know, contracts and you talk about sort of how to look through a contract, what to look at, how to navigate that. You have to look at the royalties, but then also, you know, these specifics of which rights in terms of say like video rights, audio rights, you know, uh, translation rights, like are those rights with you as an author? Are those rights with the publisher? And you know, if you have an agent, usually an agent is someone who is aware of all of these sort of tiny details and can help you out. But you know, a lot of authors don't have agents as well. So when you decided to add all of that to, you know, the book, was that sort of based on uh, challenges that you faced or, you know, rookie mistakes that you made as a newbie author. Absolutely. You know, I, I uh, you know what I did
1: with one and a half five. Wife? I think I didn't market it enough because I was not in the country that time. I was in Dubai. I was working mm-hmm. there and I didn't know simply you know, at that time, uh, this, this whole uh, notion of marketing your book uh, was looked <laughs> down upon like for literary fiction authors such as myself we were, I think at that time there was still this thing that the author should be Uh, you know, a little removed from the art so that the reader can experience the art without experiencing the artist. Uh, But I think now things have changed so drastically where the art and the artist, everything is just sort of, you know, thrown into this chaotic uh, heap, I I would say, that you can't distinguish between them anymore. So the author has become the brand ambassador of their book and people (laughs) are buying books, not because they're written well, but because they like the author. So it's just a totally different system that you're navigating. So I made many, many rookie mistakes, uh, which is why I laid such an emphasis on marketing. Uh, you know, I studied, I did a case study on what Chetan Bhagat did, on what Amish Tripathi did, um, mm-hmm. and picked the brain of, uh, you know, a, a crossword bookstore, or yeah, like you said, Millie Aishwarya for the contract. Uh, she's the yeah. uh, return chief of Penguin uh, Random House. Uh, she's written a lovely essay on how how to read a contract properly, right? Something as simple and it's beautiful because it's come from the publisher's end. So yes. the thing they want to tell you is that the publisher, is not your enemy. They're your friend. So don't treat the contract as something that's an attack on on you know <laughs> on your career. It's it's meant to help you. It's not supposed to you know hold you back. So I think simple things like that, the messaging of each essay also has to be understood. You know that why why was uh, an essay on contracts put in? So these simple things you have to navigate, and uh, you mentioned audio and video. Mm-hmm. So I want to just quickly share that uh, for the first time in my career, I've published about five six books now. Um, my book, uh, the terrible, horrible, very bad, good news, that's coming out in April, yes. uh, is the first time that I have held on to my audio and video rights. Uh, now the reason this happened is coincidental. I wrote the screenplay of uh, of this book first uh, because it's been picked up to be made into a movie. Uh, so its journey was very different so it started out as a movie and then because the author and me can't resist I converted it into a book (laughs) (laughs) so I held on to the video rights and then uh, Audible is now picking up the audio rights also so this is something new that is happening in the publishing industry where a lot of authors are retaining their movie rights and their audio visual rights because what happens is um, otherwise in the contract, mostly you have to share the profits with the publisher and it's 50 50 60 40 depending on on how how well you're negotiating or what stage of your career you're at so this is just something i want to share because now apparently it's becoming more and more of a trend that authors are
0: retaining these rights i've been sort of thinking about book to screen and that's something that you know i am covering in sort of another episode of this podcast and it's so interesting because like we hear so much about book to screen and we're seeing how much potential it has and how much it's growing and there are more adaptations But thinking of it the other way around is just so different. With book to screen as well becoming so popular, it makes sense that, you know, authors want to retain those rights because I feel like often also maybe authors know how to pitch their books for screen as well. Like, it's sort of different from a publisher pitching your book for the screen. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I'll give you a completely honest, uh, honest re- uh, reason as to why I wrote a screenplay is because I uh, will exactly. tell anyone this—it's in the book also that you're not going to make money as an author. So advances have because of the pandemic have ap- apparently even lowered than what they were. Yeah. So you would be uh, shocked and horrified to know that after spending years developing an idea, writing, putting it down on paper, actually putting in the hard work to finish a, a manuscript. And then sending it out to a publisher and actually finding one, uh, by the way, the rejection rates for publishers is 95%. So it's very, very difficult to get published in the first place, which is why mm-hmm. self-publishing has become so popular. Uh, you you know, you navigate all those hurdles, you surpass them, and you're like, wow, I'm brilliant, I have arrived. And then you get the contract, you negotiate that. And then in your advances, if you get one nowadays, apparently, uh, you will get a payout of something like twenty to forty thousand for the entire book.
0: Yeah, and that's if your book does really well, right? That's if your book yeah has a lot of sales, and then you sort of get that up some money. It's actually quite alarming.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the reason I started writing screenplays is because, of course, it's a larger canvas; it's uh, accessible to more people. But also, the money, the payout, is very good, which is why a lot of writers are sustaining their livelihood. Of you know, what you don't get in writing books is what you get for writing. Uh, TV episodes or web series or movies. Uh, the payouts are huge, like 40, 50 right. times or sometimes 100 times what you'd get for writing a book. Um, oh, wow. So that's, that's really yeah,
0: That's a huge difference.
1: It, there's a huge, huge, uh, shocking difference. And you're basically writing a story, right? So how does it matter to you what canvas it's on? It's just that you have to have the talent and ability to be more visual when you're writing a screenplay.
0: Because you have done it, you know. So what would you say the main differences are in terms of how authors have to think differently to say write a screenplay because the one time that I tried it which was a very very long time ago and it was for a class when I was at university (laughs) I was very bad at it (laughs) but I mean at that point I didn't have perspective and I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing like I was very clueless but there are definitely a lot of challenges because I think you have to think very differently when you're writing a story for the screen instead of you know for the written form so what have been your you know learnings from that yeah. sort of experience uh, so uh, you have to be very visual of
1: course uh, and I think um, it really helps to have a very good grasp on your dialogues because in movie screenplays at least dialogue is what is going to drive so every line that you write should be thora alag, you know thoda hatke. And of course, I'm very Bollywood. I've never (laughs) been invested in public before. But I've realized and it's something I've come to terms with. I've grown up in Bombay. So I've seen, you know, you see film stars walking around and you don't even react anymore, right? It's like politicians in Delhi. When you see a politician in Delhi, we would be like, wow, we just saw Rahul Gandhi. (laughs) And people in Delhi will be like, what's the big deal, right? So it's the same for us. When we see like big actors strutting around Bandra or Lokanwala, we won't react. Uh, So, uh, but I think we've internalized Bollywood so much in our psyche that as creators, as creative people, like, it's for me, at least I found it very easy to think visually and to imagine dialogue as the driving force of the story. So, uh, but dialogues is something I've worked very hard on from the first time I I started writing. So now I think it's, it's finally paying off. So it's a very visually driven, it's a very dialogue driven thing. There is almost no description uh, so it's very opposite of what I'm used to writing. Like books are very descriptive. But it's actually helped me change my way of writing, which is very interesting. So now my next few books that I'm writing, I've taken away the description and it's more kind of pace-driven. It's more driven by dialogue. So
0: It's, it's actually more dialogue-heavy and I think also action, yeah. right? Because it's like for screenplays, yeah. it's that mixture of either people are saying something or they are doing something. And that's what yeah. keeps taking the story forward because you can't have these meandering, like you said, descriptions you can't have these details of like what a character is thinking unless the yeah. character says it out loud, which can be a huge challenge. Because I love to write what characters are thinking. You can
1: only have around 20 to 24 scenes in a in a movie script. So every scene has yeah. to count for something. So it's uh, it gives you a... Uh, actually, a, a movie screenplay is only like sort of 90 minutes long, right? So it's 90 hmm. pages. So it's much shorter also than your typical novel. So there are a lot of differences yes. in And how to approach
0: them. I want to know like the reception for how to get published in India. What was that? Because obviously, you know, so much of it was based on your struggles as a writer. I'm sure it was also based on what you think writers usually struggle with, you know. So when writers read it or when, you know, anyone read it, sort of what kind of response did you receive for that book? Was Um, everyone like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. We needed this 20 years ago.
1: (laughs) I think I've created a lot of good karma, which I hope comes back with my next few books that I'm going to publish. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, honestly, I wrote it from the heart. I wrote it very honestly. Um, and I remember Shobha Day was launching the book, uh, what, exactly around two years ago uh, at the Jaipur Lit Fest. And mm. there were some eight one thousand people in the audience. And I was so nervous. And she was so kind about it because she was like, this book just makes a whole lot of common sense. And she said the same thing that Amish also said that I wish we'd had a book like this, you know, when we had started out, it would have saved us so many years of struggle. And, you know, like you pointed out, rookie mistakes that you make as a writer because you don't know how to navigate the space. It's very opaque, the whole industry. Uh, It's, you like you said, also publishers and authors are very inaccessible most of the time. Uh, So who do you go to? Who do you turn to for for a guiding hand? And this book was meant to be a guide and it's meant to save authors... All those hard years of struggle and of of self, you know, crippling doubt and self-doubt. Yeah. Just get rid of all that.
0: Also, I can imagine how doing that research would have helped you immensely as a writer and as an author, because then yeah. you're also like getting all this information that you can then use, right? Like you are suddenly this um, treasure trove of information about everything to do with publishing, which is not a bad thing to have at all as and also, yeah. who is sort of publishing so many different books. Uh, I also conduct a lot of workshops
1: uh, before yes. the pandemic started. So, that really helped because then you're engaging with people directly, uh, you know, and that really you get a lot of uh, feedback also. And you're, again, you're learning. So, I, I feel like as a writer, you always have to be open and curious, right? You have to treat each experience as a learning experience. So, even through my yeah. workshops, I'm trying to increase my knowledge and learning new, like, say, apps that I didn't know about. So it's a it's a it's a long study it's, it's something if you're going to be a writer you're going to be studying for the rest of your life so don't, yes. don't let go of that curiosity ever
0: and I think that's true for writers that's true for everyone right like you have to keep yeah. being open to learning new things whether it's sort of what you're doing for your career professionally whether you're an artist of any kind you just have to keep growing and wanting yeah. to grow absolutely absolutely yeah but you know talking about sort of that gap or like people not knowing much about publishing. And I was sort of trying to explain that to a relative of mine once. And I was like, you know, I interned at a publishing house. And then for the longest time, they wouldn't understand what I was saying because they didn't know what a publishing house was, you know. So when I was sort of pointing at the book and I was like, here is the logo, see this logo, like (laughs) showing a book cover. Like, you know, the book cover spine has the tiny logo. And I was like, look at this logo. So this is the logo of like the company company that prints the book, that publishes the book, and no matter how I try to explain it, like, it was just impossible for them to understand that, you know, there is a company that publishes books, right? That publishing houses are a thing, that publishing is a thing. So I find yeah. that very, very interesting, you know, this sort of really huge, huge knowledge gap. And yeah. I, like, I want to know your opinion on why that gap exists. Like, why do you think it's there? You know, the crab theory
1: in India, right? Like if anybody's, if a crab is climbing above you, you have to pull them down. Right. So <laughs> I think we're so competitive as a nation because I guess there's so many of us. So like simple things like getting into a school is so competitive. We're constantly yeah. taught to compete with one another. And I'm completely the opposite. I believe in sharing knowledge. I think we're all here for a very short, uh, you know, blip on this, on this uh, planet Earth. So yes. what are you going to do with all that knowledge? What are you going to do taking it with you, right? What's the point? So I believe in sharing knowledge. So Shobha had said that no author earlier would have written a book like this simply because they don't want others to, uh, to get, uh, you know, ahead of them. They don't want to share the, yeah. secrets, the sh- secrets of the industry, and I have a very different way of, of approaching this because I feel like all the struggles I went through, I don't want somebody else to go through it because we need good stories in India. We need good authors. So I think um, those those uh, benchmarks have to change. There are very good, good stories being written in India, but those authors don't know how to promote themselves, right? So this is a book so that we can increase the culture of our country, that we can get these authors to remove all these little barriers that come along their publishing journey, and just get straight to the to the, to the the good books.
0: When I was growing <laughs> up, like right. I only knew like Enid Blitton and like Nancy yeah. Drew and all the books that I had access to or even knew about were like American books and British books, you know. And I had yeah. to really uh, grow up and l- search for Indian authors. Because even if I went to something like a crossword, all the books that would be like visibly there would all be you know, these American and British books. And then there would be like one tiny section in the back, which was Indian authors.
1: Yeah. And I feel
0: like that has definitely changed over time where we see a lot more Indian authors and they have a lot more visibility. And I think it's Mm -hmm. not just about, you know, writers, if they want to get published, they don't know how to do that. But it's also, if someone wants to become an editor, if someone wants to work in publishing, you know, there's like no information about how to do that either, right? Like there is just nothing because... I remember you also talking about how, you know, you struggled because you don't have a background in literature. Yeah. And in the arts. I have and- an MBA
1: in finance and economics <laughs> undergrad. You know? Like I'm a, I'm a numbers person. Like I even hosted a podcast yeah. on, you know, uh uh, on Audible, on how to manage your finances. But I want to just point out quickly, you know, talking of numbers, uh, I want authors to know that uh, only 2% of books, by the way, that get published every year make it to bookstores that, because you mentioned crosswords. Yes. And only 1% of books that get published sell more than 10,000 copies. So 10,000 copies is what it takes to be a bestseller. And by the way, publishers are inundated. Okay. They're like, they get 40 to 60 manuscripts in their inbox every single day. So if you want your manuscript to stand out, you're going to have to come across as very professional. You need to really, really uh, focus on your submission package. So please be very careful with uh, how you're marketing the book, how you're publishing the book. Self-publishing has become very big now. Apparently, I got a press release just a couple of days ago about uh, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon KDP has over 1 lakh writers on it. Just wow. k- uh, Kindle of direct. that's a publishing. huge amount. 1 lakh. And it doubled last year because of the pandemic, because people were sitting at home and saying, maybe, you know, next Chetan Bhagat, Banunga, whatever, <laughs> Salman Rushdie Banunga, whatever they want to be in their literary career. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, in today's world, uh, there's so much noise all around us. There's so much information being thrown at people that for somebody to sit down and read a book, they really, really have to love either the author or really have heard rave, rave reviews about the book just yeah. be aware of this before you think of publishing. And if you're self-publishing, uh, I've written a lot about that in the book. It's another <laughs> task itself, artist's task ahead of you. But uh, it seems like, you know, with 90, uh, 95% rejection rates, most authors end up self-publishing. So just be aware of the caveats and what goes into it.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree. And you know what you said about uh, publishers getting 30 to 40 sort of manuscripts in their inbox every single day I agree and it's I think after a point it's not just about being professional but you have to make sure that you're catching their interest right at in the beginning right because they'll read a little bit and then if there's not something that immediately like hooks them yeah. they're going to yeah. just move on to the next one and as someone yeah. who has read like the slush file <laughs> submissions <laughs> that come in You know, like I've been actively told in the past to just read like, say, the first two pages and then make a decision, right? Like if the first two pages are interesting, you move on. And I'm talking about the actual sort of manuscript, not just the query letter here. So it can be very challenging to sort of catch that publisher's eye and to get them interested enough to firstly read your work, (laughs) completely read what you're submitted. And then open the manuscript. I agree. And, you know, because you've had this sort of extensive experience with, um, you know, not just writing different kinds of books, because you've written now, at this point, you've written novels and short fiction collection and non-fiction. And non-fiction, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you've worked with, you know, different editors, you've worked with different publishing houses. So what has yeah. changed for you from, you know, your first book from One and a Half Five to now, in terms of how involved you are in the publishing process or how much, uh power you have in like decisions about say the book cover or anything yeah. else to do with your book
1: so one and a half five was picked up by Westland uh within two hours by the way I don't know how that happened it was a miracle to me because I had never been published I was so you know I was shaking when I sent out the query letters uh, yeah. I remember I bounced the day of my work uh just to send I, I wanted to send it at one eleven 11 because I'm auspicious about that time 11 11 and one eleven. 11 But I actually timed it, you know, and everything was like spent an entire day just sending out, by the way, these are simultaneous submissions, like multiple Mm -hmm. submissions, because most uh, publishing houses don't even bother responding, even with a rejection. Uh, And I remember Western picked it, literally in two hours, they responded to my email, and I was like, this is a miracle. Uh, (laughs) But I remember there was a lot of, I loved the cover of One and a Half Wife, which is, I think, the only time I've actually instantly loved a book cover. Um. And with my new book that's coming out, the other the second novel that I have out, uh, mm-hmm. that also I love the book cover. But otherwise, uh, with the book cover, you have to have to, if your name is going on there, please be very involved with the book cover process because it's going to, that's a book that you're going to be walking with for at least 10, 20 years of your life, if not more. You yeah. have to love the cover, right? It has your name on it. Uh, I've hired designers, uh, if i have not liked the book cover, so I've been very involved with that um secondly with the editing for my f- happy birthday which was published by random house and one and a half five there was a lot of editing uh, but with my other books there's been hardly like my recent book there was actually like almost no editing so i think because i've also changed my style as a writer i've become more confident there are fewer mistakes so i've mm-hmm. remember today editors don't have a band where they also they're publishing one book every day they're not going to spend a lot of time on your book so please edit your book yourself properly before even submitting it because there's not going to be much hand holding after that uh, be careful about that process and then marketing because i've been in the field for so long and i'm doing other things uh, now i know journalists uh, i know how to market a book uh, i have contacts in you know bookstores and all that but it's taken a very long time to build you know those networks so uh, build your build your social media image you know however you want to brand yourself if you're writing a cooking book then be the expert you know in that field so you have to have to Understand how to market yourself. If you want to hire a PR agency, do so. But you need very deep pockets, uh, which is why the best-selling authors in India today all come from either very rich families or have you know high 5 <laughs> banking jobs. I, I have zero marketing spend, okay? So this is, mine was very organic, like word-to-mouth and uh, through a lot of sheer hard work. So really, you have to figure out how what works for you and what works for your kind of life. Because I quit my full-time job after Happy Birthday. My second book came out. Uh, but I have, to, I have to supplement my income with a lot of freelance jobs, which is why, I, you know, I've done a lot of uh, work at the side. Uh, and which is why I'm now writing movies, because it pays very well. So you have to kind of, you have to find a way to keep paying the bills. Um, yeah. although there's no other way around it. Or if you have a, if you're born into inheritance or trust fund, good for you, please go ahead and <laughs> write better books and spend uh, a lot on the marketing.
0: But I would love to know some of, you know, your like experiences, like instances that happened to you when you were publishing one of your books or, you know, when even when yeah. you were marketing your books, like some kind of faux pas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I've had books, uh, book launches. Um, I don't know. It's I have very mixed feelings about book launches because apparently most editors now think it's a thing of the past. It doesn't work. The model doesn't work. But I've had book launches where, you know, 100 people have showed up and it's been... Uh, very talked about. But I've Is also 100 book launch a good number
0: like, for a book launch? If you're even 30,
1: 30, 40 people, remember, unless you're in Bollywood or you're some, you know, B-grade starlet also, or yeah. Priyanka Chopra's dog, you're not going to sell books, okay? Nobody knows authors. <laughs> nobody cares about authors, okay? You're not going to be a celebrity if you're an author. I but already, it's so difficult
0: because like as an editor, I know that a book launch doesn't do anything. But as a writer, <laughs> if it was my book, I yeah. would want a book launch, I you know, want, just yeah. the indulgence of it.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't serve any... I've, I've gone to book launches where people have, you know, uh, had these five-star book launches and they've spent lakhs on it and they've sold like 20 copies. So, you know, yeah. how... But I mean, have... I would say... We...
0: Rather yeah. spend that money on a book launch than a wedding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. So book launches are something that you have to navigate, uh, figure it out because nowadays bookstores are charging money for it also, which is a new trend.
0: Yeah. But no, you were going to talk about your faux pas or your sort so of My FOPA was
1: this, I remember for One and a Half Wife, I was living in Dubai. I didn't know anyone in India back then. And I got very ambitious. I wanted to have lots of book launches and book reading. <laughs> the yeah. first one, you know, for, I was at uh, Kitab Khana, and um, I got in a Bombay. huge turnout. All my friends and family came. And uh, it was beautiful. We sold, I don't know, I don't remember how many copies, but a lot of copies. Uh, it was a great experience. So I got very like driven by that. So now every time Mm -hmm. I'd visit India, I would organize a book launch. Now people got you know tired of me doing that. So after the third or fourth time, nobody So you would you would organize
0: another book launch for the same book? For the same book in multiple locations. So you know that was a major
1: for uh you know I'd keep kind of not a book launch but but book readings. So I keep yeah. trying to like, uh, in different, because Bombay is so spread out, for instance, that, yeah. you know, South Bombay has a different thing from Bandra and Bandra will have a different launch from, say, Ju. So, you know, yeah. you're kind of, Navi Mumbai will have a different kind of thing. So I kept, I was very ambitious with it, but I saw that the crowds were kind of, you know, dwindling. dwindling. Yeah. <laughs> so I think by the end of it, I had some five, six people show up and then I said, okay, I think it's time to give up and just <laughs> promote my book. Because a lot of work goes into even a simple book reading. I think that was a faux pas I made. I tried to do too many events around
0: the book, too close together. Also, something that I find very interesting about, you know, your uh, journey as a writer, as an author, is that, you know, usually, I mean, this is not always true, but usually I see that, you know, when authors sort of start publishing with one publishing house, they sort of stick to that. Yeah. And I have noticed that you have published with like, everyone. I mean, you've you know, I've seen published me. with Bloomsbury <laughs> and Rupa and now Penguin. And then you've also, I think, published something on Juggernaut, like yes, yes. digitally. Yeah. So you've yeah. done like so many different things. So I just want to know, like, is there a reason behind it? So actually, there is a
1: reason. Uh, the publisher that approached me. So what happened was after One and a Half Five came out, Random House actually uh, approached me and said, do you have any other books? Because we love one and a half five. That's how Happy Birthday nice. was published within almost a year. Uh, and then I knew Chikki. Uh, so she, I had a short story collection. So uh, she was looking for books to publish. So again, that's how it happened very organically. Uh, because yeah. once you publish and if your book has done well, then the publishers start approaching you. So uh, I've tried different publishers because I want to figure out what works for me also. I want to see their way of, uh, you know, handling the book. Um, uh, so I think that's how it happened. It was very organic. It was not planned. And see, I write different genres. I don't write only literary fiction. I will write non-fiction, I will write short stories. Uh, now yeah. I'm writing, uh, you know, almost commercial mm-hmm. fiction. My new one. So my idea is because most writers in India have found are so averse to risk. They will write one genre and then they will just huh. stick to that genre. They will not. Their goal is not to write good stories. Their goal is to uh become celebrities through their books so they stick uh, to like one genre and it's that brand
0: children. sort of yeah, image right it's like you like want to be have a romance like uh, writer, yeah. Writer. yeah yeah and you want to become sort of famous and establish yourself as that like a writer in that particular genre for example exactly so you just stick to that
1: uh, particular genre and i'm uh, i mean um, i'm more versatile than that i'll write a story that needs to be told i'm not interested in who's going to read it or who's going to publish it. For me, I stay very true to the story that who are these characters and it doesn't matter what genre they belong to at the end of the day. I think a good story is a good story no matter what the genre or the canvas, right? It can be on a movie screen, it can be in a play, it can be in a book, it can be in a little poetry collection. It's about the voice. It's not about, you know, what's outwards uh, so I, I have a very different and artistic way of approaching it so do you write poetry are you planning on writing poetry I feel like that's the only one left oh no right I am now. terrible at poetry I'm a terrible poet I have tried because I try everything I am yeah so bad at poetry. I don't know why I'm so I, I did a live reading of some of my poems at the she the people event once hmm. and I've never got such a negative reaction to my work <laughs> <laughs> People, there was just like a stunned silence. There was no applause. There was no like great job. It was just like, there was a stun. I said, this is the first and the last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm attempting poetry because I'm clearly not good at it. Uh,
0: but you trying, yeah, right? That's what's poet. important. <laughs> at this point. I'm failed poet. <laughs> Let's talk about self-publishing. What about you? Have you ever considered self-publishing? Why or um, why not?
1: You know, when I started my journey, uh, I saw to myself that I'll only publish a book if it's published by top publishers. And I still abide by that rule. So I've written a novel that the uh, the top three publishers didn't pick up. They didn't like it. So till today, I've not published it. Because I'm very clear that only my top, my best work should go out into the world. So I'm very, um, uh, I I treat my uh, art as, you know, uh, something as very sacred and pure. But increasingly, I'm finding that um, if you know, if you have a few contacts, if you have networks, uh, if you have a little bit of uh, fire in your belly, self-publishing is not a bad way to go. Remember, Amish did it, Ashwin Sangi did it uh, when they started out their career and look at where they are today, right? The problem is quality control. So if you're a self-published writer, nobody's going to take you seriously. So how do you then get taken seriously as a self-published writer? You have to sell a lot of books. And you won't believe it, yeah. an average self-published book sells only fifty copies in its lifetime. Because the self-published writer will tell on WhatsApp saying mere cousins, family creed, your friend creed, but all three days because nobody's heard of your book. So if you're gonna huh. be self-published, please, please market the hell out of your book. I mean don't yeah. be totally and utterly shameless about it. Because then maybe you'll we'll attract the attention of top publishers. And it's happened to many writers before. Otherwise, self-publishing is fairly straightforward. There are many, many platforms uh, out there, um, you know, So, and it takes literally sometimes a couple of seconds to upload
0: a manuscript. I think it becomes a question of resources, right? Because I think yeah. when you're self-publishing, like in traditional publishing, there is so much that the publishing house is doing, some of which yeah. as an author you're aware of, some of it you're not even aware of because you're not there yeah. to sort of see it happen. And then when yeah. you're self-publishing, it's suddenly on your head like like, simple things like you know making sure it's all grammatically correct like editing the book is one thing but then simple grammar language checks simple like what the book cover looks like how do you
1: distribute a book how do you go to bookstores and tell crosswords or uh, title Mm -hmm. ways that you don't carry my book why will they carry your book they don't know who you are
0: so those things
1: then the distribution becomes a big the logistics become a big challenge for self published authors
0: even if i am looking for self published books to read as a reader like i don't know where to look right i don't know where to start with just the sheer number of books that are out there and where to go and figure out okay this is a book i like and that is a book i don't like i think that is not the challenge really it's too much competition you know because as authors you're not just competing with other books you're competing with you
1: know whatsapp twitter you're competing with and netflix and you know you compete there's so much competition for people's attention yeah and
0: now you're competing with podcasts
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) podcasts of which i'm also guilty so you know how do you get get these people's attention so
0: what about you as a reader?
1: What do you mm-hmm. like to read? I've put my phone on a pile of books right now, which I've been meaning to read. Uh, i have <laughs> a one-year-old baby and a three-year-old. so uh, And I've been writing a lot uh, after becoming a new mother. I think it's just like feminist in me that's like, I was told that I would be redundant for five years after having kids. So I think it's that yeah. like, you know, Shakti Ma in me. I'm like, i ko dikhaungi, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And it really irks me. I mean, I remember how many people told me that when my first uh, daughter was being born, that, Are, you stay at home only Forget all your books and all this feminism and all. It really irked me. And I said, I, sh- I was, I have worked so hard. I haven't slept I think, for the last three, four years. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but yeah. um, I published, uh, How to Get Published, Feminist Rani, that Holy Hundred, the little ebook, And now my new novel and another novel I wrote, which is a very serious uh, semi-memoir. Uh, oh, so I've I've really pushed myself. I've written five books. I don't know how. I think that may explain my dark circles and just uh, <laughs> utter exhaustion.
0: Also because with all of this, the pandemic coming into the picture, right? Which has been its own ball of stress. Uh, I've been reading a lot of uh,
1: translations like K.I. Meera, uh, you know, uh, Perumal, Murugan. I've been reading a lot of their work. Uh, just because I want to know what's going on in the nooks and crannies of India so I have been reading I've been reading as much as I used to I used to read like three four books a month now it's been three four books a year unfortunately for the last few years but I make sure that every new book that's coming out if publishers send me books I'll definitely read if I like it I'll read the whole book but I usually at least get a gist of the book so uh, and especially female writers I read a lot of even now
0: yeah. <laughs> so I think we owe that to each other are you reading any feminist books? Like I yeah. love, you know, uh, not Indian Mona eltavi Yeah, she's brilliant. She wrote Headscarves and High Winds. Yeah, did you and like it? I, I loved it. Fanta. Absolutely loved it. It's one of my like yeah. top five books ever.
1: Yeah, so I read all kinds of uh, books written by women, like Cheryl Sandberg, Lean In, or Tina Fey's Bossy Pants, or uh, you know, back home in India, I read um, uh, Meena Say Mina Kansami or. Uh, Janice period, a lot of amazing female writers that we have. I'm reading uh, Megha, Majunda now.
0: Okay, so now we're just going to do like a really quick rapid fire round. Biggest misconception that you had about publishing that got busted? That I'll
1: either become rich or famous uh, by being an author. <laughs> does not happen.
0: <laughs> okay. Favorite genre to read? Uh, drama favorite
1: genre to write also drama but uh, recently I, I, uh, I've written a book a humorous book uh, and I had a lot of fun doing it so I think uh, that was a revelation I never thought I could attempt humor uh, <laughs> and I was very inspired by Twinkle Khanna I was like how is she doing this I love what she's writing and I wish I could write something similar so it was nice that I challenged myself and had a great time writing the book and I think that reflects on whoever's read the book has had a lot of fun reading the book so I think that's uh, that was something new I discovered uh, for myself. That was interesting. That's great. Okay, one funny publishing incident from your life. Uh, so I had a publisher who sent me a contract for one of my books whom I hadn't even approached after the book had already been published. So that was quite, quite hilarious. And it's one of the top publishers. So I don't know what was going wow. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny.
0: Okay, and my final, final question is one tip that you wish you had included in the book, but you couldn't?
1: Uh, I would say given my recent experience uh, as a writer, you should keep the audio and movie rights with yourself. And I know the publishers are going to hate me for saying this, (laughs) but uh, I think it seems to be becoming the norm. Uh, So if you can, if you can navigate that, if you can put it into your contract, try and do it. But again, you have to be an established writer to do it. So... Bide your time till then.
0: (laughs) Yes. No, I agree. I think that's sort of the best advice that writers can have right now in terms of what they should do with their writing. Yeah. yeah. But thank you so much, Meghna, for doing this and for coming here. Thank you for having me. Had a lovely time. Me too. So that was Meghna Pant talking about why self-publishing has become so popular during the pandemic and how all authors need to put a lot of effort into marketing themselves and their books. I love that her idea of writing isn't just limited to books. She talks about how you can write scripts and screenplays and podcasts and literally any type of content. And you might also make some money out of it. So We're Bound, a company that helps you tell your stories. If you have anything to pitch to us, a book idea, a completed manuscript, a podcast pitch or a content series, you can DM us on our social media platforms at Bound India, or you can send us an email at connect at boundindia.com. If you want more detailed insights and predictions about the publishing industry, check out our free research document on demystifying Indian publishing, and the link for that is in the description below. Thanks for tuning in to The Book People. I'm Ashwarya. And I'll be back next week with another guest and a new question to answer. Until then, keep reading.